Hey, I'm Lauren McMullen, and I can't even tell you how excited I am that you're joining me today. All you need to join in on this journey is the willingness to open your mind to new perspectives. This podcast is a place for learning through the experience of listening to other stories, for bringing us together, for being empowered, for acceptance of yourself and others. For the business-minded, the spiritual, the fun-loving, the silly. In other words, you. Come along with me on this path of self-awareness and love. There is no better time than now. So welcome to Soul Radiant Radio. Hello and welcome back to Soul Radiant Radio. I am your host, Lauren McMullen, Intuitive Fulfillment Coach. Today, I am really excited to do this episode um, because I have Mary Miranda on the podcast and she's a dating and relationship coach. She helps driven and ambitious women find success in love and attract a high quality man and a relationship. She leads women to be successful in love just as they are in their careers. And I'm super excited because I'm coming off of a retreat over the last week where I just absolutely fell in love with myself and I have so many things to talk about around love. So welcome, Mary, to the podcast. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay, I'm so excited to have you. It's like perfect timing too. I know we kind of scheduled this a while ago, um, but like I was saying, like I was just at a retreat. I just got home actually yesterday and... I just really fell in love with myself over the weekend. And it is, it's one thing to, I think, say like, oh yeah, self-love and, (laughs) you know, oh, I love myself, but to really feel it, oh my gosh, it's a whole other level. So I'm so excited to have you and to like talk about all things love and relationship, whether it's with ourself or with a partner. (laughs) Um, I want to give you a chance to tell us, though, a more formal introduction of who you are, where you're from, and kind of what you do. Yes. So, okay. So, one of the things that I wanted to say, the thing you just mentioned about self-love, a lot of us do that. We consciously say, oh, yes, of course, I love myself. I subconsciously, it's a whole different story. It's like all those uh, thoughts and beliefs that are in our in the back of the of our heads. So I completely relate to that. And that's something that a lot of my clients experience. I have experienced it. So it's so amazing that you are in alignment, feeling the self-love, like ingrained in yourself. And a little bit about myself. Well, um, actually, um, I'm from Mexico, but I live in Chicago. (laughs) And I spent over, seriously, over a decade dating the wrong type of men that were toxic, emotionally abusive, emotionally unavailable, commitment folks, unfaithful. It's it's pretty much like a lot of the Mr. Wrongs, the Mr. Maybes, the Mr. I don't want to commit to you. And I walked away in 2015 from my relationship with a public figure. And that relationship was my most the most uh, it took me to rock bottom pretty much but it's the one that propelled me to start my journey on healing and really start understanding who I was because I had no idea who I was when I left that relationship like I got out and I didn't even know what, what my favorite color was what was my favorite food my favorite drink like I got out not knowing 
or having a sense of reality. Like I didn't know what was real, what wasn't real. I didn't know what was to lie. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know who I was. And it was just like this very rock bottom place where I didn't know how to go on with my life. I didn't know how to move on. So one day I woke up and I got so tired of crying all the time. So tired of not being able to move on, not being able to heal, feeling the same way for years. And I just said enough. I started going to the gym. I started working out. I lost with the weight that I gained in the relationship. And I stumbled across a book uh, Women That Love Too Much by Robin Norwood. And that book is the one that opened my eyes because it helped me understand and connect the thoughts from how your childhood impacts the relationships you are in. Yes. And there was a term of codependence that I never heard of in my life. So I thought that the whole thing was because of me. It was because I was codependent. I was insecure. I was jealous. I was possessive. I was all these things. So I was like, oh, if I change, if I fix myself, then I am going to get the love that I want and I'm going to do this. So I kind of started my own little journey of healing from there. Mm -hmm. And I did go back to the relationship, but I was not the same person anymore. I was already like healthier. I was eating healthier. My body was amazing. I had a six pack. I was training to uh, for a bodybuilding competition. Wow. And although I didn't fully love myself, I started to feel confident. I started to finally know that I was worthy. I started to really know that I can accomplish anything I wanted because I lost the weight super fast and I was now, I had muscles. I was like, oh my God, I can actually do anything I want. And I've always been very driven and ambitious and I've always been very independent and goal oriented. And with that relationship, that kind of started going away. I started revolving my life around this person. And I kind of started losing my, because I was burying my masculine energy, always go, 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 do, 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 hustle, career driven, always burying my masculine energy. And in that relationship, I felt so disempowered. I was not even, I was in a, my disempowered feminine energy. So I was a people pleaser. I was a pushover and everything. So even though I went back, it was never the same. I was in this dance between I'm still a little disempowered, but I still have my boys back. I love myself. I'm going to work out. And he didn't like that. He hated that. He's like, I want the old Mary back. I want you back. I was like, no, she, you killed her pretty much. I'm like, she is gone. And my relationship was never the same with him. It was already toxic, but it was never the same again. So finally, I still stayed for two, three more years. And when I finally walked away, I looked back. And it was a year after I left the relationship that I learned it was narcissistic abuse. It was a lot of abuse. It was a lot of emotional abuse. It was a lot of put downs. It was a lot of him telling me, I don't understand why you read so many self-help books and nothing sticks in your head. You don't change. You're still the same. You're still insecure. You're still jealous. You don't know how to be social. You don't know how to talk to people. You are so dumb. You're never going to be like your mom. You look like a man. And he would just like put me down so bad and it's like one of the stages of narcissistic abuse where they love on you at the beginning and then they devalue you they 
crush you down and then they discard you like you didn't matter. So I remember it was the week of my competition and that week was the toughest week because you are depleted from food and water. <laughs> so you really have no energy. And mm -hmm. I remember I posted a picture of my six pack because I was so excited. I worked so hard and he had already sabotaged my competition that I was doing when I got back together with him. So I it took me a year to train again for the competition. So I was doing all of that. So he said to me, you're, you're a whore. You're so vulgar. You just want to show your body. You just want to get men's attention. And I was like, no, I do not. I'm like, I'm just so proud of my body and my six pack. So I said to him, I told you this was going to, this was going to be the hardest, the hardest week. And I am not going to put up with this. So I broke up with him. Yeah. And a few days later on July 5th, uh, 2014, that's when my competition was. And when I was on stage, being all proud of my accomplishments, being so feeling so confident, feeling like a badass, he was out celebrating with a woman that he was cheating on me with for like three years. And I never knew this. Oh I found out that he was too timing me. Well, not only with her, he had, it was like a lot of infidelities, but she was like the main one, the other main yeah. one you could say. And I was just so heartbroken because he's a public figure. So there were pictures everywhere. There were videos and I was just like crying because it was also his birthday <laughs> that day. And I was like, oh my God, while I'm here celebrating how amazing I am, he's out there celebrating with the woman he's been cheating on me with. So that was very heartbreaking for me. And it's like when I left for good and he tried coming back so many times, but I'm like, no, no, no. Right. So with the thing with toxic abusive relationships is that they really take away your power because you don't even know you have power right. so when I started getting stronger again after that my competition I was like oh my god I'm like what am I doing and I just really dove hard into loving myself more into really healing and it took a year for me to even know that that was abuse I didn't know I knew it was toxic and this is something that a lot of women struggle with they know the relationship they're unhappy they're miserable they feel depleted they're always doing the work for the relationship if it wasn't for them the relationship would not even exist they're always like chasing the man asking him calling him texting him first trying to control everything and when you let go of the wheel you realize that the relationship was non-existent right. so so yeah it took a while to get out but um it happens it does happen for a lot of women that you leave and then you don't have a sense of who you are and you have to really rebuild who you are as a person you have to remove all the layers that have been blocking you so throughout my healing um I've been really diving into healing my trauma, healing my inner child, healing my emotions. My health went downhill. Mm -hmm. I had a fibroid, a um, uterus. I had a tumor in my uterus that was nine centimeters. Oh and that was taken out last year. And I also have endometriosis and I also have all sorts of reproductive problems. So I do know that not healing and processing your trauma and your emotions from your past 
has a huge impact on your health issues, especially your womb area, right? Because it's where everything is stored, is where all this trauma is stored, all this resentment, all this heavy emotions. So no wonder why I had all these reproductive problems and I never knew why. And I left and I was like, how come nobody told me this before? If somebody would have told me, oh yeah, Mary, by the way, being in toxic relationships is going to wreck your health. I would have never been on them, but this is something that I feel I had to go through for me to be where I am today, teaching women how to not be in those relationships, how to never attract those type of men again, and how to start attracting successful, or not to attract successful men, but how to be successful in love. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But um, yeah, so now it's been an amazing journey the past years. My health is it, it's always healing because it was a lot of damage that I did to myself. It was a lot of years of emotional distress, a lot of years of not processing my emotions, like bottling everything inside of me, so much resentment. And now it's, um, I'm happy, even though I still have health issues, I'm very happy. I manifested the men of my dreams. I'm happily married. And it's just like an it's just like an amazing story for me because it shows a lot of women that yes, you might you probably had a bad dating history, you probably attracted so many men that were toxic, but you can heal and you can change that. You can change your love life, you can find the love that you deserve, the relationship that you really, really want. So that's pretty much a little bit of my journey and <laughs> what yeah. I've been through. Yeah. yeah. You said so many things and I was like trying to take notes because I was like, I know my, my human design open head center is going to forget these things. Um, <laughs> there was so much, so much goodness just within that story. And thank you so much for sharing it with us. Um, the one thing that you said that really spoke to me was about not really knowing who we are. And I feel like not necessarily that has been me in a, a romantic relationship, but becoming a mother actually really changed a lot about how I lived my life and who I was. And um, I know that that's also a thing, you know, that can tend to happen to women, you know, they become mothers and they kind of lose themselves in spending all the time with their children or doing so much for their family that they forget that they had a life prior to this new relationship that they've now developed with their children. And I, I believe that sometimes it's the same for, you know, dating, you know, a romantic partner as well. You start to lose yourself. That's what you were saying. You know, like you didn't really know who you were. You got so consumed and so wrapped up in this guy and that he, <laughs> he was basically telling you what you like to eat and how you were going to dress and mm -hmm. uh, you know, those types of things. And you, I think sometimes we're people pleasers in that way. And we just want to give everything that we have rather than, giving those things that we need to ourselves in order to be able to give the things that we have. Um, so it, that just like really resonated with me. Um, and that's, you know, part of the reason that I really started on my own journey is realizing like, I am such a natural like lover of life. And even though I think I've still been able to do some of those things once becoming a mother, it wasn't until like this last weekend and really like all of a sudden the alignment just hit with that where it was like, no, I really freaking love myself. And I really want to do more things for myself because obviously as we 
as we really take care of ourselves and we heal and we figure out who we are and we know all about ourselves, we can be the best version of us for the people that we love. You know, we can do so much more with that type of an energy behind it. Um, it's just like, it's like coming from such a real place. So I just, I love that you touched on that. And, and I think that's a rare, very real thing that happens um, in all sorts of relationships. Um, yes, I, I definitely agree. And everything about being a mom, obviously I am not a mom, but I do see my sister-in-laws and my mom and my sister being mother. So I do know that they tend to forget about themselves because they are giving everything, their energy, their love to their children, to their daughters, right? I have all nieces. Yeah. And they feel guilty just taking five minutes for themselves because they are so used to doing people pleasing in a way and they don't even know it. They're so used to doing things for other people. They're so used to pushing. They're so used to pursuing. They're so used to doing everything. And a lot of times the whole people pleasing comes back to childhood is what did you have to do to get love? If you have to be the goody two shoes, if you have to do things so your parents can approve of you, your parents can validate you, you can get love, you had to always do something. And it wasn't by being, it wasn't just by you being you, you yes. were going to be loved. You physically had to do something. You had to get good grades. You had to look, um, be a good girl. You had to do the dishes. You had to do chores. You had to go to church on Sundays or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, you always absolutely. had to do something to get that love. So we grow up conditioning that, oh, in order for me to get love, I have to do something. So we start doing the people pleasing. And this is where we fall into those relationships where we want to do all the things. We want to fix them, the men. We want to do uh, the driving to the man, texting the man, all for the man, because we are so used to that by us doing something, we are going to get the love that we desperately seek. But everything is because we have this unmet need of not loving ourselves. So we seek outside for that need to be fulfilled. So when you're in another relationship, you feel fulfilled. But when the yes. guy is gone, you feel this void that you don't love yourself, that you're not worthy. So when you get a sense of self, when you get a sense of who you are, when you fulfill those needs and it just changes the whole game. And also for mothers, I do know you learn how to love yourself through your mother, seeing your mother. Did she take care of herself? Was she a martyr? Was she self-sacrificing? Was she always working hard to, and never was she not there? Right. And for example, my mother, um, she was always the martyr. She was always self-sacrificing. Even when she was a child, she left school at the age of 12 to help raise her 11 siblings to help my grandma and my grandpa raise like her siblings right so she didn't learn how to take care of herself at least right. I don't remember seeing it maybe if she did I don't remember seeing it right so I didn't I didn't learn what was loving myself you know my grandma and my mom would always tell me to, uh play hard to get <laughs> or don't give in too easily or don't call him first but I they never told me you have to love yourself <laughs> not right. that I remember so right. you yeah so you go on and then 
you get into relationships and uh, the same thing happens. You're doing the people pleasing. You let yourself go. You don't take care of yourself because everybody else comes before you because that is the right thing to do. Because if you don't, it makes you feel bad, right? And right. then also with children, I can imagine what it's like to be with children, that they're screaming, that they're all over the place. You don't have time. <laughs> and I know this because I babysit, but I know it's not the same thing. <laughs> right. But even when I was with my sister babysitting, I was at the point that I was like, okay, well, if I cannot get alone time, I am going to integrate my niece into my self-care routine. Right. So I would take them outside and do the grounding. I would meditate with them on like watching me. And I would do breath work with them watching me and I would explain to them what it was, but it was really hard. I was like, oh my God, this is what being, being a mom is, is all about. And it's really hard, honestly. So I do honor all the moms out there because I know it's not easy and yeah. I know how easily they can let themselves go because I've seen it in my mom. I've seen it in my sister. I've seen it in my sister-in-law. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and And something you said too is like, if you're a child and you never see your mom doing anything to like love herself, mm-hmm. um, then you grew up thinking that it's selfish to do something like that. And that's where I think we get a lot of that guilt as mothers too. It's like, well, I never saw my mom do that. I never saw her take a weekend away to work on herself. So I feel guilty doing it. Um, and that actually was something that came up a lot in these, uh, the other girls that attended this retreat. Some of them, you know, their babies are 15, 16 months old and they've never been a single night apart. And so it was very hard for them to actually do this and show up at this retreat for something for themselves because they're like, I've never left my baby. I've got anxiety, first of all, because I'm leaving them. And I've got anxiety that maybe my husband, like, we know that he knows how to do this, but we're still worried because we feel like we need to be there to make sure that everything is okay and that the world is going around. And something that I think is really powerful is when your children can witness you taking the time for yourself and understanding that this is about loving yourself so that you can give to them more freely, that you can be a better version of yourself for them and love them more unconditionally, then I think that's a really important tool. And you're also teaching them to love themselves at the same time, just through watching that. Um, Oh, yes. I definitely agree that you have to model the behavior that you want them to, you know, acquire or that you want them to one day do. So for me, I lived with my niece. She's now seven years old, but Mm -hmm. I lived with her for a few years. And I used to do Facebook lives all the time in my room. And sometimes she would walk in and a lot of times she walk in and she'll stay in the bed just watching me. So one day she said that she wanted me to help her do a YouTube channel. And I was like, oh, okay, let's do a YouTube channel. And, you know, unboxing toys and all of that. So one day my, uh, her mom comes and she's like, hey, you need to watch this video that Bella recorded. She asked me to help her record a video. So she did. And I'm like watching and she's giving advice to little girls and she's saying to them, you need girls, listen, you need to love yourself. That's what my auntie always tells me. And that's Aww. what I watch her always do. And I literally started crying because I'm like, this is it. If I can die today, I am happy. Right. <laughs> because because already she, impacted the future. <laughs> yes. 
And my niece, she was born at the time that I was at my lowest, that I was at rock bottom. So every time I would be sad, I would go and see her. And that really helped me move on because I'm like, I'm her godmother too. Mm -hmm. So for me, she also was my why. The reason why I wanted to heal, the reason why I wanted to become better because of her. Now I have two more nieces, but she was the first one and she was the first niece I've ever had, obviously. But yeah, just that impact that she's watching me and she's seeing this. And every time I talk to her, I tell her about self-love and why self-love is so important. And she knows and she takes care of herself now. And it's just so beautiful how they see that. And I was like, oh my God, I wish I would have seen this with my mom. I wish I would have experienced this with my mom, but I didn't. And up until today, my mom's working out now. She's getting healthier and it makes me so happy just to see that now. But yeah, it's so important to know, even with my husband, I tell him all the time, I'm like, you know, I have to do self-care because when I fill my cup, when I feel better, when I do my self-love rituals, when I do everything, I feel so good about myself. And if I feel good and happy with myself, I'm going to be a better wife for you (laughs) and I'm going to be just better. So he knows. And even if one day I wake up cranky, moody or angry or whatever, if I'm PMSing, he's always like, do you need to do self-care? And I'm like, yes, I do. So he even knows, he even knows that if I need to do something to get me in a better mood, I think I should go and do it. So it's amazing. Now, and you mentioned that you have self-love rituals. Will you share with us like what that might look like for someone? Because I think sometimes um, we get it in our head. At least I know I do occasionally get it in my head. Like it has to be a bubble bath or it has Mm -hmm. to be like going out and getting a manicure. And I know that that's not actually what it has to be. Like it can look like anything that really makes you happy, but I would just love to hear what your rituals are. If you wouldn't mind sharing. Yes, of course. So I have a little bit of a different perspective on this and I call it dare to date yourself. So it's kind of like, it's not taking yourself out on a date and to a nice dinner and a fancy restaurant and drinking a glass of wine or whatever. It's nothing like that. It's pretty much seeing what needs were not met when you were a child. What were you lacking when you were a child that you wish you would have had or you wish you or you wish you, your parents would have taken you to maybe seeing Santa or maybe going to Six Flags or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. What things were not fulfilled when you were a child, especially the emotional need part, needs part. And then I asked also, what do you wish you would have done with your ex-boyfriend or in a romantic relationship? What do you wish your boyfriend would do for you? If you were in your dream relationship, what things do you want to do? What activities? And how are you going to feel when you do those? And then from those two lists, I kind of scan and I'm like, okay, what do I feel like doing today? What would make me really, really happy today? And it varies sometimes. And sometimes I'm like, "Mm, I really want flowers, but I would go to the flower shop and I would look at the flowers and I would go with the flower color that makes me happy, that makes me 
tingly that makes me excited and I would smell the flowers and I would indulge in pleasure I would indulge in the aromas and the touch touching the flowers the petals everything so it's like a whole ritual where you involve all your senses mm. so you really enjoy the experience and you buy the flowers that really really make you happy that really when you close your eyes you can visualize your dream and giving them to you you can visualize the goddess within you rejoicing of happiness right mm. and you can also even as a child if you wanted to go and pick flowers at the garden or something that can also be fulfilling a need for your inner child for example another example i can give you it's santa claus this mm -hmm. is something so silly, but I lived in the United States when I was little mm -hmm. and we moved to Mexico. So I had a picture of Santa Claus with my brother and my sister and my parents. And I had not seen Santa Claus for probably over 20 years. I don't even know. So I think it was like two Christmases ago that I took my niece to see Santa Claus and I was there and I was like I really want a picture in Santa's lap oh my god like I do like this is my inner child that wanted to get that dream fulfilled so I literally went up to Santa Claus and I told him about my inner child need and how much I wanted it so he set me on the lap and he made me pull his beer and it was like a funny picture Aww. but for me that was taking my inner child and also taking care of my inner child so with self-care you take care of your inner child, you take care of the goddess, which is the woman that's in our relationship, and you take care of your actual current self. So it's like a three-part thing, but um, it's basically anything that you that is going to make you happy. It's anything that is going to indulge you in pleasure and is going to bring you those feelings as if you were already in your dream romantic relationship, for example. So sometimes if it's a bubble bath, then take a bubble bath, but do it because you wanna take care of yourself. And when you take the bubble bath, touch your body as if somebody's caressing you. Mm -hmm. um, use like fancy soaps that smell amazing, or not fancy if you don't want to, but something that smells really, really good, like lavender or essential oils, and put candles, a sprinkle flower petals on the bathtub. You know, just make yeah. it like a very like goddessy, very like seductive it's kind of like seduce yourself romance yeah, yourself say, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly yeah. what it is yeah so i tell women you have to romance yourself you have to become the love of your life become your own soulmate and that's the way i approach this kind of self-love self-care ritual it's a little bit different sometimes it's me journaling and taking care of my emotions and sometimes it's doing the work the messy unsexy work sometimes that's also that love for me so it just depends on what i need every day some days but i do have like rituals that i take care of my body i go to the gym i eat healthy i do my meditation every day my breath work when i feel anxiety or something so it's just basically depending on what i need every single day this is amazing <laughs> and I feel like I feel like you already gave us some journal prompts just in there, you know, like what needs were not met when you were a child. That is a great journal prompt. What do you wish you would have done in past relationships? And yeah. you know, like how would they make you feel? Like 
all of those are journal prompts. Those are all journalable. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if it's a word, but I just made it one if it is. <laughs> um, no, they, they could be. And this is another way because a lot of women are like, how do I attract my dream partner? So we go on other journal prompts and other lists. I love doing lists for some reason. I don't know why. Sure. But then I'm like, okay, what things do you wish you would have done in your relationships? What do you want to do in a relationship? If you were in your dream relationship, like I said, what activities do you want to do? And you have to go and do those because you are fulfilling a need within you. And therefore, when you're doing that, who knows if you're going to meet the guy of your dreams while doing those fun activities, right? But yeah. it's like fulfilling anything so you don't attract someone on needing them Instead, you're going to be attracting them from a place of feeling fulfilled, feeling more whole, more complete, and more abundant. That is going to be a better type of love. It's love because you want to, not because you need to, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's like no pressure there. Yes. You know? <laughs> like letting yes. go of the pressure of like uh, needing to be all the things and just like, what? what can I do? Like just simplify it and do things that you, you really enjoy rather than like forcing things. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. I love all of this. Um, <laughs> um, I had some other notes. Let me go back and look and see what I was doing because you said so much and you gave so much little good golden little nuggets in there that I'm like, Oh my gosh, what else? <laughs> can I say to you? Um, I feel like self-seduction is something like that has just been popping up for me just in the last 24 hours. Like the, you talking about this is the third time self-seduction. Oh my God. My it's, it's so a sign. <laughs> this is the next step in me, like really being in love with myself is mm -hmm. I need to actually incorporate more of this myself. Yeah. And, um, I think it's really beautiful to see how just doing these things for ourselves and seducing ourselves and being in love mm -hmm. with ourselves can actually really, really improve our own relationships with our partners. Yes. Yeah. Um, if and not attract a new one, if that's where you're at in your life for me, I'm, you know, married. So, you know, just, just these tips, I feel like already will help just to strengthen my relationship. But are, do you have anything else that you normally tell your clients that are already in relationships? Um, well, okay. So when you're in the relationship, especially if you're a driven, ambitious businesswoman, you are very in your masculine energy most of the time, right? Yeah. Because you're doing the work, you're pursuing, you're writing posts to pursue clients, right? So you're kind of more in that energy. And when it comes to relationships, when it comes to attracting the men, when it comes to being in a relationship, in a marriage, you have to learn the dance of polarities. You have to know when to switch to your feminine energy. So with that comes a lot of like seducing yourself, like really leaning back and surrendering mm -hmm. and just like being in your central feminine energy. And one thing that happened, and this is how the whole dare to date yourself began with me. And it's because it's a little bit of a, a rated R conversation, I would say. Yes, but I remember when I was with my ex, and this is something that my husband knows because this is, oh God, this is so good. Okay. So <laughs> when I was with my, sorry, I got excited there. <laughs> when, I was, when I was with my ex, it was uh, on a Valentine's Day, it was like the last one. I bought this sexy, silky lingerie, red lingerie that I wanted to wear for him. And I remember we got home from dinner and I wore it 
to surprise him. And when he looked at me, he kind of pushed me aside. He's like, I thought we were going to watch TV first. And I was like, oh, and I felt so rejected. I felt so invalidated. I didn't feel sexy. Like everything in me crushed. And that's when the goddess in me died. She, she literally died for a little bit. Okay. She was suppressed. She went in and I never did anything like that for anyone again. I suppressed that side of me and it was really, really hard for me to come home to my sexual liberation or to reawaken that part of me. Right. So it was last year that I took, um, I was doing this meditation of the goddess and then it was closing my eyes, imagine the goddess. And I literally imagine myself in that same lingerie, like probably like four years later <laughs> in that lingerie dancing, this sexy bachata music. Some Latinas, so I like bachata. Okay. And it was with this Enrique Iglesias and it was with Rosalind Sanchez in the video and she's dancing so sexy. And I remember I, in my visualization, that was me. <laughs> and I woke up and I finished the meditation and I was like, what was that all about? So I remember that I was like, why am I waiting? Because I got the lingerie because I wanted to dance for a man, right? Right. So <laughs> I wanted to be like that sexy. And it was that same song that was in my visualization, which is funny. So then I remember I came home one day and I was like, what am I waiting for to have a man to seduce myself, to do something erotic and sexy for me? So I went to the kitchen to get a chair. I turned on the music. I recorded myself in a video and it was that same song. And I danced to myself in front of the mirror, just dancing. Yes. And it was like sexy. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I have it going on. I was just like impressed because I watched the video. I was like, wow. I did not even know. I was like, this has been suppressed for so long. And I, I'm an Aries. I have a lot of fire in Ooh, me. me so, <laughs> yeah, so, I, so we're very fiery. We're very like that. So, so true. and I have a lot of uh, Scorpio, a lot of Sagittarius in my chart. Yes. So this Scorpio for me too. Part of, uh. <laughs> this, this, yeah, this part of me was really doormat and when that visualization happened I made it a priority to always dance sexy for myself to always do things that bring me pleasure and reawaken reawaken the goddess and that has really really helped me in my marriage too it's helping the relationship that I have with myself because I feel sexy I sometimes dance naked in front of the mirror I do all sorts of things because I really love my body and I had a lot of body issues before. So me coming to this side of me now and really leaning back and meaning my feminine energy also allows me to be able to receive my husband better in my life. Yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. I was, and I was thinking before you even said it and I was like, I feel like somebody had said something about like mirror therapy before, mm-hmm. like, just standing in front of the mirror and admiring yourself and actually like touching yourself. Like the parts that maybe like if you have a stomach that you're not feeling super comfortable with or whatever, like actually like not being afraid of like touching your body and really like embracing the fact that your body does so much for you, so much for you and, and really putting appreciation back into your body can help to like kind of break down those like, 
oh my goodness, my stomach's not as flat as I want it to be, or I've got these bat wings on the back of my arms, or whatever they're called. You know, like, I think there's so much around like body positivity as well that kind of filters in here. Um, mm-hmm. But you can be a goddess at any size. No matter oh, what your body looks like. And, and it's like really like learning. Oh, yeah. like, oh my gosh. Like, no, I have these curves and that's a sexy thing. Like mm-hmm. it's okay to like call yourself sexy and to feel sexy. And it, yeah, I feel like it was such a, a weird energy for me. Um, the last several, like since becoming a mother of like, is it okay for me to be sexy? Cause like now I'm a mom, like mm-hmm. I'm a mom sexy. Like it's such like a, I don't know why I had that like limiting belief in my head to begin with, but um, it feels like something I've been working of like breaking. And I think that's what just broke this last weekend. And it was mm-hmm. like, I, it helped because I was at a retreat where we had a lot of photographers and I felt so good in my swimsuit that I was like, Oh my God, like we could just totally do a boudoir session. Like right now, like, just kind of joking, but not kind of joking at the same time. Like mm-hmm. I just feel so good right now in this swimsuit. And I, it's like the first time in a long time that I haven't felt, um, you know, self-conscious of what my body looks like or, you know, what I'm doing or, you know, and it was interesting because it's the first time I think I've been around a group of women that size and been so comfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, which shows me right away, like, oh, I've been doing the inner work. I love when I run into situations like this and I'm like, oh, I can see where my inner work actually works. Um, Cause sometimes it doesn't feel like it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you finally get to a situation you're like, oh yeah, I've got this. This is totally okay. But I no, think- yes, I <laughs> totally hear you. And honestly, the, the one that you mentioned is mirror work. And I've also done that. And I do that all the time because you know, I had surgery last year, so I already had a scar that was 13 centimeters from losing my right ovary. Mm-hmm. And then last year, I have like five little scars, and I, I, it was like really hard for me to see that because I didn't want that. And I always had like a nice flat tummy with a six pack, yeah. and not being able to work out the same really took a toll to the way I felt in my body. And when I started doing more healing work within the past year, more, more than anything, and I really looked in the mirror naked and I just started like scanning from head to toe, head to toe and watch every thought that came through and just kind of reprogramming there with NLP techniques. And then I would still do the whole Pono Pono at the same time. And it was just like all the things that I was doing, but I was like, I am gorgeous I am sexy I am beautiful and sometimes it feels awkward saying that because you are so used to abusing yourself telling yourself you're fat that's cellulite or this this mad and all these bad things you're so used to hearing that that when something nice a nice compliment comes through you question it and you don't believe it so it feels awkward because your subconscious is so used to you insulting yourself so when you start saying i'm beautiful i'm gorgeous i'm sexy you're gonna feel like no that's not true you're a liar because you're not used to it. So the more you start saying your affirmations, your mantras, when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, the more you're also going to be reprogramming those limiting beliefs or those thoughts that you've always been saying to yourself. And and then for me, I have cellulite, I have love handles, I have stretch marks, I have scars, and it's okay. It's okay. That just makes me know that I'm a woman. 
I'm alive and everything is okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've heard before, like, oh, a woman's track marks are just like her battle scars. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't like the word battle. That just sounds too aggressive, but I love <laughs> thinking of that as like, we're a damn, we are damn warriors. Like the amount of things that our bodies go through and that we go through, whether it's just a mental, you know, limiting beliefs and busting through those, or it's actually physical, um, you know, surgeries, abuse, whatever it is. It's amazing what our bodies can do and what they can continue to withstand. Um, and we're still here and we're still living. And it's just so important, I think, really love on ourselves. And um, something else you were saying about, you know, like receiving compliments and stuff, like there's a whole lesson behind receiving. Learning to receive is a big deal in trying to like harness all of your own power. You, you have to be able to receive. Um, otherwise, you're just going to like kind of isolate yourself. You're not, you're take, I always say you're taking the joy out of, you know, giving a compliment to somebody else. Like I know I really love to empower the heck out of people and I love to compliment them or to tell them things that I notice about them that I love about them or to give them small gifts and that kind of stuff. And if, if you can't receive that, then you're taking my joy away of giving you something. Um, so I always often have to like talk to like my clients and stuff about like reverse that you love giving things, but if somebody doesn't want to receive it, it hurts your feelings because you feel like you thought of them and you just want them to appreciate what you've given. <laughs> and if they yeah. can't receive it, even if it's as simple as a compliment, well, then you're kind of closing yourself off from this whole other beautiful side of like a flow of energy in and out. It's a giving and a receiving. Everything. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. And when women don't know how to receive, it's because they are so used to doing, giving, being in their masculine energy and not being in their feminine energy at all. So that's another sign that can tell when a woman is like, oh yeah, she doesn't know how to receive because she's always in her masculine energy and she doesn't know how to surrender, how to let go of control and how to stop doing things and see what happens, right? Yeah. And and a lot of with the compliments, it's like you give a compliment to someone and then you ha- you feel the need to say it back or you feel the need. For example, if somebody says, "Oh, you're so beautiful." Oh, thank you. You too. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. when you are comfortable, when you do the work and when you really have a sense of self-love and confidence and self-worth, you're like, "Yeah, thank you." And you don't have to say anything back after that. It's not a requirement to say something back because that's a gratitude. Because a lot of women are like, well, I have to say it back. Otherwise, like that makes me feel like I'm not a nice person or something. Right, it has right. nothing to do with that. It's just, no, it's just a sign that you can receive something and be so happy and grateful about it. But you don't have to say it back, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's, that's a big one too in, in the on the path of healing ourselves, you know, is, is also, you know, really paying attention to, are we allowing ourselves to actually receive? Yes, exactly. Okay. So we could just talk forever, I feel like, but <laughs> I want to make sure we get in everything we need to get in. So did you have another journal prompt that you wanted to give, or are we just using the ones from like your list making with your self-rituals? Okay. Those are really good. And also the one, are you primary 
primarily operating on your masculine energy or on your feminine energy and, and is this another reason why you are not able to have the relationship that you want with someone else but with a partner right yeah. because this is where a lot of this is where my whole journey started because I was so in my masculine energy always doing always pushing always asking him not all the time asking them on a date, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of women that do the chasing. They go after the men they want. They push. They call him first. They text him first. They try to control things. And this is when you attract a man that is more in their feminine energy, more on the weaker side, more of those emotionally unavailable, the toxic men, the men that just, they, where you start doing all the work and they just kind of, don't even care for you yeah. so what energy are you primary primarily operating in your life right and also in if you're a mom are you not in your feminine energy in your marriage what energy are you in are you able to switch back from your work and your career when you come home are you able to switch back to your feminine energy or are you still in the hustle more in the doing and then controlling everything snapping at him yelling at him right so i know that was a loaded question yeah <laughs> uh, a lot of questions but it's just like what energy are you primarily operating in in your relationships amazing yeah, those are really good questions. And I know sometimes it's hard to flip back and forth. And we all have that like, um, you know, feminine and masculine energy within us. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of making it work for you, like understanding it a little bit better so that you know when to turn on which one. Um, and I have also found that as I started to learn more about these energies, um, I learned that I really had to step back from doing all the things or controlling every situation because that was me then taking the power away from my husband uh, or my children. Like I have to allow them to stand in their own power. And I think that was a big deal to me is, is knowing when my masculine is engaged versus my feminine and being able to kind of change the narrative with that. I think that was a big help. Um, and a lot of like, at first he was like, you're not going to tell me I just did this wrong. And that it needs to be, you know what I mean? Like it was like loading the dishwasher or something, something silly, but it's like, no, I've got to allow you to kind of step up and step into your own power because that's really important for me to be in my own power. Why would I want to take that away from yes. someone else? And I think that's a big deal, especially in relationships. Um, you know, if you're stepping in and like doing all of the things and not allowing other people to step in and help and to figure things out on their own, not to have all the answers for them, like letting them kind of do it their own way, it's still getting done. It's, you know, it's a little bit hard, you know, cause I'm like, Oh, I just want to be in control. But to me, I had to look at it as I'm empowering him to do what he needs to do. Um, and to learn his own path and to up level the way that I am, I'm working on myself. So that was helpful to me, like to recognize that and see it as a, a power issue. Like I'm taking away his power by stepping in and trying to do all of these things. Yeah, that's an easier way I feel that many women can understand initially what feminine masculine energy is. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of women are like, wait, what? When they've never heard the terms, they think it's like a gender role based and it's yes. nothing like that. 
And for example, a lot of men feel emasculated because the woman is the one doing everything. She's the one doing the house. She's the one making the money. She's, well, they also make the money, right? But women yeah. now are so empowered and with this whole feminist movement, we can do it all. We can achieve everything. We don't need a man, <laughs> right? And like yeah. for me, for example, I learned how to do plumbing. I used to work at um, hardware stores, Menards, and I used to work at Menards. So I used to work in the uh, electrical department and then where they sold the windows, doors, kitchens and all of that. And I always felt so like masculine and so good when I could change a tire and I felt so manly, like I can do this. I don't need a man. (laughs) And that didn't really work well when I got married because I had to surrender and allow him to help me and know that it was okay, that it didn't mean that I didn't know how to do things because it's like, I feel so disempowered. I feel like he's taking away my power, my control, but it was not, it was allowing him to step up into his masculine role into what he's meant to do to help me to protect me to make me feel safe so sometimes I'm like can you change the bulb and if he doesn't do it I leave it I don't do it (laughs) until he does it I'm like no I ask you to please do it and he does he helps me a lot and that really really helps to have a partner that is also willing to do this work with you it really really helps yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So if any of the listeners, and I know they will, want to get in touch with you, if they want to follow you, where do you hang out most? How can they get in contact? Give us all of your links. <laughs> yeah. So my primary place to hang out is Facebook. It's my personal page more than anything. Okay. And it's under Mary Miranda. And I also have my Instagram. That's the second place I hang out the most. It's Mary Miranda Coaching. And I'm launching my new Facebook group um, next week. So it's going to be, what's today's date? It's going to be launched. Oh, I can't even. Today's the 29th. Okay. Hold on. Let me see. I should have been prepared for this. (laughs) That's okay. It's going to be launched the 2nd of September. So it's okay. opening up and I'm going to be doing a free masterclass that week of the launch. So um, I'm very excited about that. So that's going to be also my new hangout place. So if you guys want to come and hang out with me. Yay. I'm totally going to come hang out with you in that new group. I definitely want to be able to continue the conversation. I think the work that you're doing is so helpful. And especially when people are ready and they're open to taking those steps to really better their relationships. It's so important. Such an important. Yes. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Okay. Do you have any final thoughts, anything else you want to leave for the listeners before we wrap this up? Oh my God. I have way too many thoughts. (laughs) Way too many tips, more questions, more journal prompts. But basically is that if you want to find success in love, if you want to attract a high quality, high value men relationship, you have to do the work on yourself first so you can become an energetic match for the person that you want to attract. Yes. I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out with me during this time and sharing all of your wisdom and just having a chat. It has been 
awesome to get to know you a little bit better and kind of see, like, you know, just peek a little bit into what it is that you're doing in your business. Um, you just have this really fun and engaging personality. And I just was like, oh my gosh, I have to have you on this podcast. So I <laughs> really you. appreciate the time you've spent with me today. And I know the listeners are going to love this. Um, so thank you again. And listeners, we will chat to you again soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay, my friends, that's it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for sticking around, for listening. And if you've enjoyed this episode, if you're enjoying this podcast, please go and hit that subscribe button. Leave me a rating or a review and share it with your friends. I'll be eternally grateful.